The following audio has been brought to you by Word of Grace Community Church. For more information about Word of Grace, visit wogcc.com. A few weeks ago, however, I shared the first message in this series called Get Connected. And I talked to our church family about getting connected and the importance of getting connected because it's a huge step for us moving forward as a church and as Christians individually. And I gave you a lot of goals And I went through a list of a lot of goals, and you could probably name maybe one if you were paying attention that weekend, because I gave you so many. And I'm sure that was probably somewhat overwhelming, so I looked back over the goals. And out of all the different goals that I gave you that we have as a church for 2017, so far as getting connected goes, I really was able to narrow those down into three kind of categories, if you will, that help us just remember them and to clarify them so we can get connected. So I kind of summed them up, and here's those three goals. To get connected in community groups to deepen Christ-centered relationships, and we had that message from Pastor Keith just a couple of weeks ago. There was a great message about the importance of getting connected relationally in in uh, disciple-centered, Christ-centered relational community groups. The second thing is to get connected to develop and make new ministries a reality, and we went through a few of those new ministries that we want to start this year as a church. And then to get connected in TeamWog, which is our new way of serving here at church, to be a part of TeamWog in a current impact opportunity in order to strengthen that team, because we want to continue to grow that team. We want to continue to serve our church family well and those who come and who want to grow as disciples of Christ as well. Because the main point to getting connected is recognizing that I'm just not here to occupy a space, that I'm just not here to attend, that I'm not just here to have my name checked off of some role or fulfill some type of religious obligation. Because my life and your life Life impacts eternity. Every one of our lives impact eternity. And if we really understood that our life impacted eternity, then it would cause us to live differently. It would cause us to use our time differently. We would wake up in the morning with a greater sense of purpose. And that's the type of church that I want Word of Grace to be, whether it's Sunday or Monday, whether it's uh, coming to church or whether it's getting up and going to work or spending time with your family, that we realize that our life and every Every single way impacts eternity. And so because our life impacts eternity, guess what, folks? We don't need to waste it. Amen? If we keep treating our relationship with God, our commitment to His church, our commitment to our relationship with Him, or our purpose and mission like a side item to our lives, then we are going to dilute our impact that we're going to have on eternity. We can't treat our mission and our purpose like some sort of distraction. But unfortunately, in our self-centered world, that happens all the time. Everything's all about us. Everything's catered to us. We want everything our way right away. And church and relationship with God and purpose and mission and impacting eternity, it almost is presented or, or seemingly accepted by the, con- by, by, by the, by the common, uh, uh, just average churchgoer oftentimes as something I just do once a week. And it almost is like a distraction at some level from the rest of our lives. It's like, if we don't think about God, if we're not involved in living daily mission, if we're not living our lives with a greater purpose impacting eternity, recognizing that we're just here for a moment, 
and we just continue to go about our lives and do whatever we want to do, and then, oh, well, I guess we got to go to church today, or, oh, I guess I got to spend time with God, or I guess I need to pray, or I guess I need to do this thing. It's almost like we're treating those things and those parts of our lives like they're just distractions from what we really want to get back to doing. And that's not the way that God wants us to be because we know very clearly in Scripture in Matthew 6.33 to seek what the kingdom of God? Seek it first, right? And we've heard that Scripture. We've heard that verse. We've heard those sermons. And we know those things. But it's different than just knowing it and hearing it and actually living it and putting it into practice where I'm living my life with a greater purpose than just simply coming to church, marking my name off on the roll, or making sure that people or God knew that I had attended, but instead, I have a greater purpose. I have a greater awareness of the mission that God has called me to, and the mission that God has called our church to. If you have your Bible this morning, go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Just a quick refresher, because I like to say it every now and again, just so that you can be reminded that uh, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. Uh, that's a word-for-word -word translation, and we have some available in the back. If you want to grab one of those, you can borrow it or have it if you don't have a Bible. Also, you can use the Version app. I like to mention that every now and again just to remind you uh, that we have those um, things available for you. So Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. Oh, man, wow. What a powerful statement. Jesus didn't say try to be. Jesus didn't say, hey, work really hard at it. No, he's letting you know who you are. He's letting us who follow him immediately say, this is who you are. Not this is who you need to grow into being. This is who you are. He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet or used to melt snow on the streets. I added that part in case you, in case you didn't know that. That's not part of the original Greek. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand so it can give light to all in the house. So in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So let your light shine, be the salt, be the light, so that they can see your good work, so that they can see that you're living on mission, so they can see that life is more than just about your own personal selfish ambitions, but that it's for something else that's pointing to someone else and it's bringing glory to God. That's what Jesus is saying here. You are the salt. You are the light, not the side item. You see, we are salt to the world. God and church are not supposed to be the salt to our lives. That's often how we treat it, though. We treat, oftentimes, our relationship with God or our mission and connection to local church mission as if it were just an addition to our lives that we sprinkle a little bit on and we hope that something makes something in my life better. I don't know if you guys uh, uh, like a lot of seasonings or spices or things like that, but my wife and I have this one seasoning that we keep in our house that you can literally put on anything, and we do. If my kids don't like the meal I cook for the night, they're going to go ask, hey, Dad, can I go get some of the Tonys out of the cabinet? Because they know that that makes everything better. Even if I can't stand the taste, I'm going to dump 
this seasoning on this thing in order to enhance the flavor because they don't like the flavor. Sometimes that's how people look at church. Sometimes that's how people look at God. I'm just going to come have my weekly sprinkling or I'm going to have my seasoning in order to hopefully enhance my life and make it better. God can help me out with my life and improve and enhance my life. Folks, that is not the purpose of our relationship with God and that is not the purpose of the local church. We are supposed to be the change agent. We are supposed to be the salt. We're supposed to be the light because salt is a change agent. It's a preservative. It's an enhancer. We, the church, the body of Christ, are salt and light. The purpose of this local gathering that we call church is to grow. We're supposed to grow. That's what we're supposed to do, both personally and as a congregation. We are supposed to grow. We're supposed to help others to grow. We're supposed to be a change agent in our communities, in our workplaces. We're supposed to be a preservative in our families. We're supposed to be raising good godly families that are then going and making change in the areas that they are called to serve and have impact in and influence in. Now, our love for God is what helps us to truly grow in understanding our purpose and understanding our mission. Because our love for God causes us to grow in our commitment to God. The more I love God, the more I'm committed. The more that I am just, I'm digging my heels in because of my relationship, because of my trust that I have with Him, and my commitment just begins to grow as my love for God grows. And then as my love for God grows, I begin to love what God loves. And I began to want to love what He loves, and I began to stay away from the things that God despises. And you know what God loves? He loves people. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, right? God loves people. So as I love God, it should help me to also grow in my love for what God loves. So it should be a byproduct of my love for God that I should be committed to God. And because I'm committed to God, I'm growing in my love and my commitment to serve other people and to help them to grow as well. You see, we need to grow in loving God so we can love people and serve them a big heaping helping of salt and light. Personally, individually, and as a local church. You see, our lives are growing so we can make an eternal impact on someone by serving them with the love of God. Because guess what? If you serve them with the love of God, what begins to happen in their hearts? The love for God begins to stir in them because they've experienced the love of God through you. And then as they experience that through you serving them, now they can grow in their love for God. And then guess what happens? They begin to love what God loves. And what does God love? He loves people. And then it causes them out of their love for people because of their love for God for them to serve so that another person can experience the love of God. And this thing just keeps on going and we keep on growing and we keep on being salt and light in the world. But folks, let me tell you, we need to recognize our life has an eternal impact, that each one of us have a mission, that Word of Grace has a purpose and a calling as a local congregation. And Word of Grace can only go as far as we're willing to grow. Oh, let me say that slow again and have them put it on the screens for reference. <laughs> as a Word of Grace can only go as far as we're willing to grow. Because here's the deal. Think about it like this. If I am a consumer at a restaurant... My intent, more than likely, is not going to be to grow the restaurant 
or to grow in my understanding of how restaurants operate or how to help the restaurant be more effective in their mission. My only role is to be as uninvolved as possibly as I possibly can when I'm at the restaurant. Matter of fact, I see your menu, I'll pay you extra to bring it to me, okay? I want to be as uninvolved and as disconnected and unplugged as I possibly can because I'm only there for one reason. It's not to help you move the ball further down the field. It's not to increase your profits. It's not to help you with developmental strategies. It's not to help you to learn how to better deal with HR stuff. It's not to better help you craft a, a, a savvy mission statement. I'm there to order a hamburger. And I want to eat the hamburger, and I want you to bring it to me. And why don't you clean up for me after I leave? And that's what I want when I'm in the restaurant. And those other things I'm not involved in because I'm simply a consumer. I'm just there for the food. Because when I'm at a restaurant, it's all about me. If the owner invited me to come to like a staff meeting or to help bus tables, I would say, is there food involved? My answer would still be contingent upon what I get in return because I still am just there for the food. You see, I'm just there for the food. I'm just a consumer. I'm not interested in anything else. So let me ask you a question. Why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you at Word of Grace? Are you here just for the food? Are you here only for what you can get? Are you here out of religious obligation? Or do you figure that you're going to go to church somewhere and you might as be one that you like, that you, know, you enjoy, and that at least has free coffee, right? Or are you here to maybe be salted for the week? To have your life just maybe enhanced just a little bit this week and then you just go on through your life? Or are you here to be a change agent in the world? You see, our church needs to be filled with people passionate about growing. And when I say growing, I mean growing in every sense of the word. I mean growing spiritually. I mean growing emotionally. I mean growing financially. I mean growing in maturity. I want to see you grow past your addictions. I want to see you grow past the addiction of gossip, past fear, past poor self-image, past negativity, past hurtful events. I want you to grow free from offense. I want you to grow past your past. I want you to grow in your marriage. I want you to grow in your understanding of knowing who God is. I want you to grow in your understanding of the Bible, but I also want you to get connected so you can do your part to help our church grow because you're here for more than just the food. You're here for more than just the food. You're plugged in and connected to mission. You're plugged in and connected to move the ball further down the field, to move further down the field in what God has called us to do in this great commission, in his uh, kingdom agenda. In Ephesians chapter 4, you can flip over there real quick if you'd like. Ephesians chapter 4, which, by the way, is my favorite passage of Scripture. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16 says that the whole body is joined and held together by every joint, all right? So in other words, we need everything in the body to keep this thing working, which when it is equipped, each part working properly, the body grows and it edifies itself in love. It says everybody has a part. Everyone has a role. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a calling. Everyone has a, a, a ministry together as the body of Christ. You see, just because you call me pastor doesn't mean I'm the only minister in the room. Hello, somebody. 
You see, you all are ministers because 2 Corinthians 5 and 20 lets me know that we're all ambassadors of Christ. It didn't say just people that we call pastor or people that stand up and teach people on a weekly basis are the only ones who have a ministry or people who, you know, say they have a ministry are the only ones who have a ministry. Each one of you do because each one of you have a purpose. Each one of you have a calling. And, and part of that is here in this local church to help this church move forward because God called you here. Because the Bible says that God places you in the body where he sees fit. And if God has called you here and he's placed you in this body, then guess what? You are supposed to have more going on than just eating the food. Oh, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good this morning. I hadn't preached in a couple weeks, so I got a lot to say. Here's the deal, folks. Every one of us are a minister and every one of us have a ministry because we're all breathing God's air and God didn't just make us to just exist and just float through life. God did not create anyone and say, you know what, I'm going to make this one to be all about themselves and completely just chase after selfish ambition. That's your purpose. God didn't create any one of us with that goal and that end in mind. He did say, I'm going to create this one to impact eternity. This one's going to make a difference in their school. This one's going to make a difference at their job. This one is going to be stirred with a heart and a passion to reach the poor. This one's going to be stirred with a heart and a passion to reach marriages and to serve those families. This one's going to be stirred with a passion to fight for the unborn. This one's going to be stirred with a passion to reach those that are in the, the jail. This one's going to be stirred with a passion to reach those that are sick and in the hospital. This one's going to be stirred with a passion to serve those in the nursing home that are alone. This one is going to be stirred with a passion for children to serve them and to teach them. This one's going to be served with a passion for hospitality to help people to feel welcome. I'm going to create each one of these people, put passion and destiny in them and interest in them and calling in them, and I'm going to put them all in this same thing that we're going to call the church and they're going to all work together to do something great for the kingdom of God. That's what he said. He didn't say, ah, this is the selfish one. I'm going to make that one for fun. <laughs> we can all be selfish and we've all been guilty of being selfish, myself included. There's times where we would make excuses there's times where we would say, I don't know enough of the Bible. There's times where we would say, I don't have the right title. There would be times where people would say, oh, I just don't have the right opportunity. Listen, where you're at and where you're planted and where God has put you in the body, there's a purpose for you there and you need to start somewhere. You may be an incredibly gifted and talented person or you may feel like you don't have any gifts or talents at all, but you have a purpose and God's put something in you and you need to start somewhere. Some people like to sit on their gifts, especially people who are, who are really aware of their gifts because maybe they've had opportunity to use their gifts at other points in their lives, other times and places. And they sit on their gifts and they wait for somebody to recognize how gifted they are instead of starting somewhere. They sit on their gifts and they wait for someone to go, oh, you're here. Oh, well, we're so glad you're here. Oh, let me, let me help you to, to, to just have this wonderful opportunity instead of them being willing to serve and just get plugged in and get involved. Same thing with people who sit on their gifts and don't feel like they have gifts, and they make all the excuses. Oh, I'm nobody. Nobody ever recognizes anything in me. 
Oh, I don't have anything special. I can't sing, so I guess I can't do anything because I guess singing is like the greatest thing in the world that people think they could do. I can't teach. I don't know enough of the Bible because sometimes people think teaching is the greatest thing that they can do. Oh, I can't do this. I'm not smart enough to do this. I'm not skilled enough to do that. And we make all these excuses. I'm busy. But let me tell you, folks, God has given each one of us gifts, and every part is supposed to do its share to help the body to grow. Amen? Now, what we just read in Ephesians chapter 4, you see the only way we're going to grow is if we get connected to God and if we get connected to one another in mission. Love God, love people, serve the world. I think that's somewhere in this building. And hopefully more than in this building, it's on your heart. Amen? But see, growth and mission happen when we get intentional. We have to get intentional. This isn't just a thing that's just going to happen. It's just not going to one day you look around and you go, wow, we're all on mission now. Wow, we're all serving in the roles that God has called us to. This is fantastic. How did this happen? No, it's going to happen when the church takes ownership of that mission and they begin to not only take ownership but take action. And they begin to get intentional with the way that they use their time, with the way they use their talent, with the way that they use their treasure. They not only become generous in their time, talent, and treasure, but they become intentional with their time, talent, and treasure to where we actually will be willing to inconvenience ourselves for the sake of eternity, where we will be willing to inconvenience our schedules and our rathers in order to impact eternity because we're living with a greater sense of mission and purpose. And sometimes that means that I don't always get to just do what I always selfishly want to do because I'm making the kingdom a priority and my life has so much more meaning and purpose and fulfillment and contentment and joy than if I just spent the rest of my life serving myself. But if I serve others and I serve God's kingdom agenda, I find great joy and purpose in that. You see, as long as there's lost people in our world, no church is too big. Word of grace will never be too big because word of grace is all about growth. We want people to grow. We want you individually to grow. We want more people to come in this church so that they can also grow. You see, Word of Grace is about opportunity for Christians to grow beyond the mindset and the culture that church is just simply somewhere we go. I believe that's part of our DNA. I believe that's part of our, our calling. As that Word of Grace is supposed to help people have a different mindset about this thing we call church. Because often we can get stuck in a box with what we think church is, especially if you were raised in the atmosphere of church is somewhere I go and I do my duty and I punch in and then I punch out and then I go do whatever I want for the rest of the week and I don't think about God and I don't think about my church and I have to drag my, my, my family there every week and it's just something we do. We just go through the motions because Lord knows I don't want to be there because what happens if something happens and I go, oh God, look, I went to church all these times, I got a good track record. And that's how a lot of people view church. That's what a lot of people think about church. That's what a lot of people think about relationship with God. They view it as more of an exchange, karma-driven system. They think if they do enough good things and they consider church being a good thing or helping out at church or giving at church or serving at church, they're kind of trying to weigh out on the scales of justice the bad that they've done and hope that when they get to heaven that God will say, you did enough good things that it outweighed the bad things. That's how a lot of people view Christianity. That's how a lot of people view even church attendance. 
church involvement. They look at it as a trade-off. That when something catastrophic happens in their life, they're going to cash in their chips. You know, you've got your savings account, and you keep padding that savings account, and then all of a sudden, you know, the water heater breaks. Well, I'm glad I had some money in the savings account, or something on the car breaks, or you need new tires, and you go, cha-ching, I'm cashing in. And that's how people look at God sometimes. They look at it as if they're somehow having a savings account to avoid problems. Because when problems arise, they go, God, look what I did. And God says, I'm not interested in you doing it as an exchange program. I want you to do it because you love me. Amen? Because doing stuff for God is great and good, and we all need to be engaged and involved in doing things for the kingdom of God. But the heart motive is not to exchange something with God. It's because we love God. That's why we love people. That's why we serve. That's our motive, and that's our heart behind it, not to try to fuel some sort of karma-driven mentality that's twisted and wrong. But I believe part of Word of Grace's calling and part of our DNA is to help to reorient people who have been in that mindset of looking at church as somewhere I go instead of looking at it being somewhere we go that Word of Grace's part of our mission is to help people to see that church is not just somewhere we go but it's who we are, that we are the body of Christ, amen? that we understand here that we are the body of Christ. It's not just somewhere we go, it's who we are. That means when we're in the line at the grocery store, that means when we're in the restaurant, that means when we're on the job, we are still representatives of Jesus Christ in the earth. We are still salt and we are still light. Amen? Because if we're just salt and light on Sunday, I guess we're dark the rest of the week. And I don't want to live that kind of way. And I don't want to have that type of church. Not interested in that. Not playing a game that we just pacify ourselves once a week. Instead, I want us to be people of purpose and passion and mission and vision. You see, <laughs> our church is more than just showing up on Sunday and having a relationship that spans beyond the number 6 and 24 benediction. But we can only go as a church as far as each person that is called here is willing to grow. God wants us to go really far and affect a lot of things for his kingdom and cause a lot of great change and freedom in people's lives. And he wants us to do some amazing things in this community and in this world. And we're just getting started. <laughs> I thought somebody would get excited about that. I'm sorry. I said that we're just getting started. I love the things we're doing now. The things we're doing now are great and fantastic. But guess what? I'm not content doing what we're doing now because I know that there's more potential here. I know there's more potential in you. I think we're doing great. Oh, pastor, we're doing a lot of things. They're great things. Yes, they are great things. We're going to keep doing those things. And guess what? God has called us to impact and influence and do more for his kingdom and reach more people. And that takes more people helping and getting connected and getting involved and serving with a greater purpose. We can only... Go as far as you're willing to grow. Our potential is limitless to make an eternal impact for the kingdom of God. Our potential is limitless, but our impact is, however, limited because impact is an opportunity. Impact is an opportunity because we can't just say, oh, it's going to happen. No, it's only going to happen when we're willing to grow. Amen? Amen? That means when we as individuals are willing to grow, when we as a church are willing to grow, when we're willing to take on the responsibility and the ownership of moving our church forward in the direction that God would have us to go, 
in seeing the vision and the mission accomplished in growing as a child of God, in growing in my personal responsibility as a child of God to continue to deepen and develop my relationship with God so that I can influence and impact others for the kingdom as well as so I can grow and experience deeper levels of freedom, deeper levels of joy, deeper levels of the presence of God and understanding who He is. God wants all that for us and so much more. See, our potential is limitless, but our impact is limited. It is an impact opportunity, an opportunity to see church as more than just some place I go and get a meal. It's your opportunity to get connected, to grow personally, and to do your part to help the church go, to help the church move forward, to do what Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16 says, where each part does its share, it causes growth in the body for the edification of itself in love. Word of grace can only build, expand, and move forward according to the level of your faithfulness to grow. For us to move forward, someone has to be faithful to grow in giving generously of their time, their talent, and their treasure. Because one day, guess what, folks? We're going to outgrow this facility one day. Oh, don't shout me down when I'm preaching. I said we're going to outgrow this facility one day. You know what Word of Grace has a history of doing in our 30 years as a church? Outgrowing facilities. We started in someone's home. Then we moved over to a building here in Falls. We outgrew that. Then we got another building in Falls. We outgrew that. Then we got another building in Falls that is now the Boys and Girls Club. Guess what? We outgrew that. Now we're in what used to be a grocery store. And one day we're going to outgrow that as well. And I need people who see that and who get that and who understand we want to reach more people for the kingdom of God. You see, we're going to outgrow that, this facility one day, and that is a good thing. But I need to make you aware of some stuff. We're already packed in our WOG kids wing. So much so that we've had to implement room capacities. Because it's, it's not safe, nor is it legal, to put 16 babies in a small room with two adults. We can go to another service. We can do that, but I'm not going to go to another service until we grow Team WOG with our weekend serving team because I'm not going to keep asking the same handful of dedicated, faithful volunteers that are serving in Team WOG to do more because they're already doing so much, and I appreciate every one of them. You see, one day we're going to need another building. One day we're going to need to plant satellite campuses. God wants us to grow. God wants you to grow, but Word of Grace can only go as far as we're individually willing to grow. Listen, I am done playing church, and swapping people from one congregation to another. I want to see lost people, hurting people, come in this place and find healing and hope and find Jesus Christ. I want to see lost people saved. I want to see hurting people healed. And I want people to grow as disciples in loving God, loving people, and serving the world. And it takes all of us, every one of us, growing together, every single one of us doing our share. And so in 2017, we're going to focus on getting connected. And I told you there's three ways that we're going to focus on getting connected in 2017. The first one I said was we're going to get connected in community groups 
to deepen Christ-centered relationships. Now, I want to explain to you what that means. So there's actually some metrics to it. And so you can pray about and think about what is God stirring you to do to help move the ball further down the field, to see the vision and mission accomplished of this church, and to see the vision and mission God has for you as a part of this church where he has placed you in this body as he has seen fit for you to get connected to help us to move forward as a church family. We want to get more people connected in Christ-centered community relationships. And we believe, God, that we're going to have 15 at all times operating, uh, 15 community groups at all times where more people are stepping up to become leaders. Because for us to achieve that, we need more people to step up to become leaders. We're going to need more people opening their homes. We're going to need more people clearing their schedules. We're going to need more people willing to catch the vision Walk in the calling in order for us to expand and grow to disciple more people in those Christ-centered relationships. And so I want to ask you, is this your opportunity? We also shared that we want to have Spanish-speaking community groups. We're going to be reaching out to the Hispanic community in our area, perhaps. Is this your opportunity? The second thing that we're going to do is we're going to get connected to develop and make new ministries a reality. We want to get connected and make new ministries a reality. There's some new initiatives that we want to take this year, and I believe these are things that are led and directed by God, not just good ideas, but I believe they're God ideas. And that's things like our nursing home ministry, our English to Spanish translation in the weekend service, our adoption support ministry that's already starting to get off the ground, our prayer ministry. We're going to start online streaming the services, so we're going to need more people to get connected in the video ministry. Is this your opportunity? Is God calling you to give financially towards equipment to make some of those things a reality? Maybe you're like, I don't, I, I don't feel led to be a part of it, but maybe God has put it on your heart to say, tell me how to make this happen. How are we going to do this? I can help in this way. Maybe that's your opportunity. I just want to ask you, I'm just trying to get you to think about the different ways. And, and I'm not saying that everything that we're putting up on the screen today and everything I'm talking about is, is, is an exhaustive list because there may be more things out there that God is stirring your heart to do. There may be more things that God is stirring in you and gifts and, and, and desires that he's putting in you that maybe warrants a conversation to help expand what Word of Grace continues to do and who we continue to grow into. The last thing is we're going to con get connected in Team WOG in current impact opportunities so we can strengthen our team. We want to strengthen Team WOG. We've got a great group right now. We've got a little over 160 last time I checked of people that are involved in Team WOG, but for us to be able to expand, to do more services, to be able to reach more people, because I told you, man, we are, we, we've done our best to use what we have, okay? We've been as creative as we know how to be in this 23,000 square foot former grocery store. And we have tried to do it as fiscally responsible as possible to move walls, to tear walls down, put walls up, move, tear walls down, put walls up, tear walls down and put walls up to try to reorient the space that we have to change our parking structure, to restripe parking lots, to begin to move things around, move classes around. We've done everything that we know to do to make everything as comfortable and flow as well as possible. And also, very importantly, be safe because it's great we have kids' classes, but we want our kids to be safe. Amen. And not only do we want our kids safe, we want to protect those who are serving and working with our kids. We want them to be safe too. And we want to make sure that we're protecting and looking out for everybody. And so we want to do it, do it well and do it with excellence. And I believe that that's where we're growing and that's what we're doing. But man, if you've ever been to our nursery, 
God bless our nursery workers. God bless them. Because there was a day not too long ago where there were two people in there with about 16 babies. Just think about your one baby. I just want you to think about that for a minute, okay? <laughs> and then think about two babies. We, we, when I was uh, working out of my home in Texas when we lived there, my son was 19 months old when my girls were home, and they were newborn twins. I had a 19-month-old and two little tiny newborns. And I thought I was going to lose my mind. There were days where I wouldn't have to shave my head. I'd just wake up in the morning and go, where did my hair go? I couldn't imagine 16 babies with two people. That's a lot. And we can't serve you with excellence by doing that. That's not okay. So we need to do better. Maybe God's calling you. Maybe this is your opportunity. There's other areas with our kids that we need some help. And just because we pull it off well, and just because we do a good job as you as the parent taking your child to the class, doesn't mean that there's not help there. So I'm letting you, I'm letting you know that, that there's, there's a need. So we want to strengthen Team WOG, and not just in those areas, but other areas as well. So maybe the, 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 the nursery class, because guess what? I know I can name five ladies in our church right now that are expecting children. Five, just off the top of my head. And that's just the one that I know your business. <laughs> I, I don't know everybody in this church that might be expecting. There may be more than that. I'm sure there are. But apparently, you guys are not slowing down anytime soon expanding your families. That's great. We're going to grow this church. <laughs> and I love it. I think it's fantastic. But even though it's a great opportunity, it's also a challenge as well, logistically. Is this your opportunity? because we are growing. So our goal, I talked to our Team WOG director, Jamie Hubbard, and we talked about what our goal was, was 220. I think that with 220 people, that we would be able to properly staff with the volunteers here at this church, and then we would need to exceed that number in order to consider a third service to help us continue to move forward. You see, we need to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for this local church God has a plan for his kingdom, so let's get connected to him. Let's get connected to one another. Let's get connected to our communities so we can grow together in loving God, loving people, and serving the world. Let's make an eternal impact with our lives, with our church, and let's make it more than just about coming and attending. Let's make it more than just about sitting down and eating a meal and enjoying the food. Let's get plugged in, let's get connected, and let's move forward together just to see what God wants to do and what He can do when His people who are full of potential step up and they say, here am I, Lord, what do you want me to do? I want to move forward because I want to live with mission. I want to live with a greater vision. I want to live with a greater purpose. And I believe that you have placed me here in this local congregation to serve a purpose to move this congregation forward to impact your kingdom so we can be salt and light as a church and so you can be salt and light as individuals because church is not somewhere we go. It is who we are. We are the body of Christ. We are the representatives of Christ. Amen? So let's grow together. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Word of Grace. For more sermons or any other information, visit wogcc.com.